Hi everyone, welcome back to Neuropod, a series covering topics related to Neuralink. This is Ryan Tanaka, and in this episode, we'll look into some of the awesome tech Neuralink's building, plus some of the corresponding fears and concerns that come alongside those technological advancements. I spent the first few episodes discussing many of the potential positive outcomes for Neuralink's technology, so it's only fair to consider many of the fears related to the negative outcomes. This episode will stay pretty high level, because in the future we'll do more deep dives into each specific concern. I want to share I'm always going to do my best to remain objective as much as possible when assessing the data and the information. And I believe that this is possible, even though that my bias is optimistically supporting what Neuralink's doing. Concerns related to patient safety, like infection, or puncturing blood vessels, or cybersecurity, or psychological consequences are all legitimate. And another concern that I didn't consider previously was shared with me from a listener. Shout out to the wallpaper man. The concerns discussed in a cool research paper done by some researchers at Monash University in Australia. I'll include a link to the paper below the video. The concern is that results show that on the one hand, brain-machine interfaces can positively increase a sense of self and control. On the other hand, they can induce radical distress, feelings of loss of control, and a rupture of patient identity. The paper continues discussing interviews conducted with six epileptic patients who received brain-machine interface implants. In the article, they talk about these as brain-computer interface implants. For those who may not know, epileptic seizures have a wide range of outcomes. During a seizure, abnormal electrical activity can cause a person to feel abnormal, shake quite a bit, black out, and then recover with impaired memory. I'm thankful that there are teams working to help these people that experience these seizures. The researchers had a great approach when conducting these experiments. I'm not sure if the protocols for the research are generally accepted in the Australian scientific community, but they interviewed patients with fairly open-ended questioning. This process enabled the patients to more accurately describe how they were feeling. Prior to receiving the implants, four of the six patients believed that epilepsy is part of them. After receiving the implants, four of the six were more confident as a result of the device. One patient ignored the device and kept on doing their own thing. The remaining patient said, the BMI made me feel I had no control, so I didn't have control over what I was going to do. These patients also commented on how the implant affected their sense of self. Most of them felt it complemented and enhanced their abilities. However, one experienced a negative outcome. They got depressed due to realizing they had epilepsy. Prior to the implant, this patient said, I just kind of pretended that the epilepsy didn't really exist. I didn't see myself as epileptic. This type of research is instrumental in progressing the field and enabling better outcomes. I'm optimistically thinking that Neuralink will take these types of things into consideration. Being able to get an elective Neuralink surgery is likely several years down the road. So although the progress on an absolute basis is gonna be pretty rapid, it's not like these devices and advancements are gonna creep up on us and blindside us. For example, I've started to receive notes related to the concern of being able to forcefully download fake or false information 
into someone else's brain. Given the aspirations for the technical developments, this is clearly possible from a pure technical standpoint. However, from a practical standpoint, it's going to take years to develop and require multiple redundant systems to fail. As you can probably tell by now, I like to use metaphorical examples to make these concepts more relatable. In the example of Tesla's autopilot and self-driving functionality, the advantages are numerous. Think about the decreased accidents, decreased fatalities, no more mental drain of sitting in stop-and-go traffic, no more missing your freeway exit, and so on. This list is growing. The early perceived concerns, and some that remain to this day, are that the car and the computer could experience programming error, or the car could get hacked, or broken hardware, or broken cameras, or experience super unusual circumstances that only a human could deal with. These are very real concerns. However, the same thing said about Neuralink can be said about Tessa. The concerns are real from a pure technical standpoint, but from a practical standpoint, it's taking years to develop and will require multiple redundant systems to fail. A Tesla Model 3 is already by far the safest car on the road. And when adding on a mature version of autopilot, especially on the freeway, it's way more unsafe for a human to drive. In order for the system to get hacked, number one, the Tesla team would have had to fail by not being able to stop a user from accessing the system. Number two, the hacker would have to put in tons of effort, have bad intentions, and succeed in hacking the system in the way that they wanted to. And then three, the driver would have to be unable to overcome that hacking. Since these are base levels of practical redundancy, the product of these low probabilities means that the likelihood is extremely unlikely. It's difficult to reasonably quantify, but I predict it's lower than winning the lottery twice. Reeling this back to Neuralink, being able to forcefully download fake or false information into someone else's brain is pretty unlikely. The reason this situation is still hairy is the magnitude of the potential negative outcome is so severe. For ease of discussion, let's say the odds of this happening are 0.0001%. That'd mean that one out of every million people with a Neuralink implant could have a compromised hacking. I personally believe that this threshold is not high enough. I'd much rather have the likelihood be 1 in 1 billion implants. If I did the math correctly, that'd mean that if a million people got a Neuralink implant, there's a 1% chance that a single person would have a compromised implant. For some, this threshold wouldn't be enough, and for others, maybe it's much too conservative. These are difficult considerations. At a fundamental level, Neuralink is advancing brain-machine interface technology, and the speed of that advancement is accelerating more quickly than ever before. Just last July, Neuralink emphasized they're working on being able to insert 10,000 electrodes in the brain. This would be a thousand times, not a thousand percent, a thousand times improvement over what's currently possible. Elon's direct quote from the event is, the system designed in version one is capable of on the order of 10,000 electrodes. Each chip has 1,000 electrodes, and we think doing up to 10,000 is feasible. This is in contrast to the best FDA-approved system, which is a Parkinson's deep brain simulation, which would have 
on the order of 10 electrodes. The system, even in version 1, that we're going to unveil today is capable of 1,000 times more electrodes than the best system out there. And they're all read and write. So this is really quite, I mean, for something to be 1,000 times more than what is publicly approved is quite a big difference. And this will get better in subsequent versions. This is what I love about Elon and his ventures. He motivates and builds a fantastic team to establish order of magnitude improvements rather than incremental change. This is what so many companies focus on, especially the large established companies. How often is it that large corporation X is super excited about achieving a 5% improvement in the efficiency of Y technology? At Tesla, SpaceX, Boring Company, Neuralink, they pioneer order of magnitude change. For example, at SpaceX, the fundamental concept of building a reusable rocket isn't that crazy. In fact, it should be considered obvious. However, for so long, companies weren't able to make it happen. And since SpaceX has, that's by far an order of magnitude cost improvement. Just think about if you can reuse a rocket 10 times versus if you had to dispose of a rocket after every single launch, that's already a one order of magnitude improvement. I'm kind of glossing over how difficult these problems are, but at the end of the day, Elon's kicking everyone's ass in the fields that people most commonly reference as being the most technically challenging. Rocket science, self-driving cars, and brain surgery. Similar order of magnitude developments can be seen at Tesla as well. The chip for the self-driving computer can process orders of magnitude more data than previous chips. I could literally rant about this for hours, but at some point I want to mention how the Boring Company is also working on an order of magnitude change. The factor that limited the ability for tunneling to progress more quickly, and the primary reason I've heard that we didn't have an underground network for transportation, is simply the cost of tunneling. It wasn't safety like so many assume. Once the team determined a way to improve the cost of tunneling by multiples, it opened up numerous possibilities. Okay, so that's not quite an order of magnitude change, but around 700% is orders of magnitude greater than a 7% improvement. With any of these fantastic advancements come some very real concerns, and this is particularly true when dealing with human bodies. The health, legal, and ethical ramifications of connecting the brain to computers will attract a highly polarized audience. Another thing I think is important to consider is how the concerns compare in theory versus in practice. Think back to 2008, when Lehman Brothers collapsed. From your standpoint, what was the world like? The iPhone was starting to gain significant traction, but there weren't many phones the size of what most of us have today. Remember the Razor? Or the Blackberry? There was no iPad. There was no Uber, no Instagram, no Bitcoin, no Snapchat, no Angry Birds, no Tinder, no Square, no Siri, no Pinterest, no Facebook Messenger. At that time, Tesla was delivering the first Roadsters. There was no Model S. I'm sharing these examples because I think it's worth reflecting upon how fast these companies or products became commonplace and how nearly all the concerns from when they first started are just no longer relevant. Take Uber, for example. One of the early concerns was that the perceived safety of the passenger would be so compromised that no one in their right mind 
would get into a random stranger's vehicle. Since Uber has been extremely attentive to this concern, they've done quite a bit to protect both the passengers and the drivers. Therefore, the theoretical concern was extremely legitimate, but the practical concern has been reduced substantially. For me personally, I'm comfortable simp simply knowing that the dude's got a little Uber sticker on the window and says my name when I open the car door. Sure, there are plenty of instances where passengers or drivers are treated poorly, but thinking about the net outcome of Uber for society. Is society as a whole better off with Uber than not? Let me know in the video comments or on Twitter. FYI, I gotta add the stupid disclaimer. I'm not long Uber stock. I think I might short it soon just because Tesla's about to eat their lunch. The fears and concerns about the Neuralink tech will be discussed in more detail in future episodes. For now, I highly recommend a series of articles from another listener, Don. The articles are written in Czech, but they translate really well using the Google Chrome translation feature. He elaborates on some of the potential issues facing the company. I'll include a link to these in the, sh in the show notes. Thanks for listening. This channel is growing faster than I expected, and I really appreciate y'all's support. Please keep liking, sharing, subscribing, double subscribing. Start getting pumped for the Neuralink update event on Friday, August 28th. See y'all at the next episode coming out on Wednesday. Thanks. Bye.